This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a, a thrice weekly show looking into the exciting happenings at Virtual Sound Football Club, available on video and podcast. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Monday for this, the flagship show for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday. I've got the man flu, guys. You might hear some some snivels and some slightly um, less than manly vocal stylings. But we need to welcome, first of all, she is the illegitimate stepdaughter of Wally Downs, <laughs> Flynn Downs' long-lost sister. Back to the podcast. We need to find another Downs. Welcome back. Amy, you were at Blackburn yesterday as well. Yeah, I was. I wasn't going to go until you made me feel bad for not going after the Accrington game. I was like, oh, Ben thinks I should go. <laughs> so thank you for that one. <laughs> so basically, it's all my fault. Yeah. Joy, joy. There we go. I'm, I'm responsible for ruining everybody's day yesterday. Um, also, <laughs> welcome back, uh, football manager, uh, programmer, um, expert on youth football, Mr. Joe Fares. Hello. I assume you hadn't had your jabs before you went up to Norwich on Friday night, which is why you've got the flu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I thought it was, um, I stayed in this god-awful hotel Ebus in Lincoln, and you know those heaters you get, and you leave them on all night, and you get up the next morning, you're like gasping, and your mouth is like, you know, Gandhi's flip-flop or whatever, um, and I thought, oh, I'm just dehydrated, but no, no, the rest of it came this morning. Um, I tell you, somebody else who came, can I say, change that to somebody else who arrived, um, was Alan Judge, Amy. Um, we thought this would be a narratively beautiful signing after all that's happened, and they got it over the line. I'm sure um, I'm sure he's getting a nice little tickle on his salary or 
um, what have you, to get him here. But, Amy, your thoughts on the Alan Judge arrival earlier this week? When it all first started and all the papers were talking about it, I was like, oh, for God's sake, it's such a lazy journalism story linking us for someone who got you know, injured, that awful injury from Higham. What a beautiful story that he's now going to come and save us from relegation. What a load of rubbish. And then, of course, it happened, which was amazing. Uh, for me, um, and I think this has been the theme of the week at Portman Road, absolutely super PR, because we've had so many signings that are sort of a bit meh and who are they? Why have we got them? Why have we got other teams, players that aren't actually that good? Why have we got someone from Hull and all of that rubbish? Um, you know, where you've got a bit of doubts whether they'll actually do something. But Judge is one we all know. Judge is someone that we've seen play against us and worried about him playing against us. And he is he is a class above. I honestly thought he was brilliant yesterday. Well, OK, brilliant, slightly exaggerating it, but I did think he stood out. I thought the Blackburn defence sort of backed off him a little bit. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead a bit there, but um, they were they were intimidated by him because of his quality. And that is exactly what we needed. So shrewd move from Mr. Lambert, I think. Um, anything to add to that, Joe? Not really, no. I thought, I thought it was a really good signing too. It's sort of one of those players coming in as a sort of a blue chip player, almost like James Collins came and he thought, you can see he's going to add quality to us straight away. And I think Alan Judge the same as he sort of proved in glimpses yesterday. Um, there's been some outs as well just in the last couple of days. So um, a couple of deja vu moves, one of them very, very odd. So Danny Rowe goes back to Lincoln. Um, I suppose you could say that was a punt in the first place and he was there last year. Josh Emmanuel returns at right back, but going out, um, who's not a right back, um, Janoy Danassian. Um, Joe, you can probably skip over Rowe, but talk to me about Emmanuel and this cluster of Danassian. What on earth was that? Well, I think Emmanuel's been sent back as much as he's been recalled. He's he, since um, <laughs> since Shrewsbury changed their manager, he's, he's barely f- featured for them. And there was a comment I think from Sam Ricketts, their current manager, saying it's not really fair him being here and not playing games. So that's why he's back. But Danassian, I just I do not understand the situation at all. It's so I'm going to go down as one of the worst signings in history. We've effectively paid seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds to to loan him for four months and give him a big increase in his wages and. I, I, I don't, he sort of for all that Lambert has done. That's the one de- decision I can't really understand why he hasn't giving an opportunity to him at right back because we've seen him play there and he's a, he's a decent right back at this level. Like yeah, he might not be a star one, but Jordan Spence is hardly pulling up trees. And like I say, the fact he doesn't even consider him a right back is strange when when we've seen what we've seen. But whether there's more to it from their Villa days, I don't know. But you've got to trust Lambert on it. But that is a strange one for me. Very, very weird goings on indeed. Um, Amy, we got some pretty direct um, quotes on, I think, was it Thursday morning or Friday morning, to the effect. I don't know how much these are worth, but everyone jumped on them. Um, Paul Lambert is apparently, allegedly, from what we know, going to be staying next season if Ipswich are relegated to League One. First of all, do those quotes mean that that's actually going to happen? And secondly, what's your kind of view and spin on that? I think that leads nicely off the last one um, in terms of the PR 
because uh, I just think it was a great move. They've gone from having, you know, the, the win against Rotherham and they've managed to roll into so many lovely stories this week to really keep the PR going, which I think is all being led by Lambert, if you ask me. But of course it is. It's an absolutely superb um, move from Evans. That's the most important signing we can make this year. As far as I'm concerned, if we go down, Lambert's who we want. I've got um, a friend on Twitter. He's a Norwich fan. Sorry, Hannah, I should admit to that. But Hey, um, I've got loads now. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> there are, some of them are actually quite nice to talk to but um sammy was saying to me yeah you'll be fine when you go down it'll be the making of you and if you've got lambert that's the person you want in charge to go back up again he did it with them wouldn't it be nice if he does it with us now but yeah of course i think it's very important that he stays we need as many people to stay as possible next year um joe the t- another ticket promotion's been announced um I was kind of thinking after the Rotherham game, right, just drop the prices completely. And then we found, um, I think Justin, who's a friend of the pod, found, or possibly Daryl, found the FA ruling that you can actually only do a, you have to like announce the prices at the start of the year and then you can only do it for three games. So they have plumped for uh, Derby County at home, which is on February the 13th, the um, straight after the Norwich game, actually. Um good choice get it done as soon as possible i think so because if you leave it till much later in the season we could almost be effectively down by then so you've just got to try and get your wins as soon as you can and if if they believe a better atmosphere will help then you've just got to try and get them out of the way as soon as possible and i'd imagine that's what they're thinking is behind that and i'm sure they'll be trying to speak to the efl and see if they can do more promotions if it if it keeps the home results going well do you think long term joe this is gonna um lead to a price drop well, if, if we go down, the prices are going to have to drop. I, I don't see the prices dropping if we stay in the championship. I think they have effectively dropped in recent terms. In reality, £25 is the ticket. They got rid of all the categories. They got rid of the walk-up prices. So they have listened and they have made changes. But I think £25 is fairly reasonable for championship football. I know some people disagree with that, but I think they have to maybe be a bit more realistic to see what prices do they expect lead to League One, non-league charges to, to price if £25 is too expensive for the championship. Um, Amy, agree with that? I think 25 quid is reasonable. I always say whenever I'm looking at games, like quite often it does come down to, you know, Leeds away for 40 quid or Blackburn away for 24. So I always say 25 quid is a fair price, but that's, that's because that's my main outgoing every month. And I just think these ticket promotions have shown that 25 quid isn't reasonable it isn't doable especially if you've got a family to take with you and I just think that it's proven if we drop the prices people will come and for me if we start doing it now we get everybody in we're doing well at home and we're doing well big partly because of the the crowd and the atmosphere that'll be what keeps people coming when we're in league one because they'll want to be a part of it they'll want to be part of us going back up again me and my friend have actually been considering getting season tickets next year mainly because we're a bit worried about being able to get away tickets and the lower leagues um in league one but because it might actually start to get quite difficult especially in the north stand to be able to get tickets next year if people want to be involved if we're winning the league can i tell you god can i tell you something (laughs) funny amy i was at leeds the other night for leeds derby right and they announced on their thing they've got rotherham next week and i don't know joe what it holds what 1200 yeah and they said um tickets will be on sale first of all to those supporters who are platinum members who can evidence 10 away attendances 10 
10 away attendances they had to show and then it said we only um, needed six for Norwich don't we I know but then the funniest thing was it was yeah once that's gone people with nine <laughs> it's <was just> like <laughs> gonna fold down from that but there you go slightly different size clubs we would admit you um pay to be a member a member of the away like group you have to pay to be able to buy away tickets for Leeds it's ridiculous mighty, it's like what we've got to go to Carrow Road they have it every game mighty support um I, I got a bit yeah. of, you would have liked this comeback I got a bit of jip from some Norwich fans um oh what's it like to see a crowd mate I said I've been to Villa and Leeds this this year. This is not a crowd, lads. Honestly, don't <laughs> don't worry about that. Villa get double this. So um, you want to see a crowd? Go up to Villa. Um, Amy, we woke up yesterday morning. Some of us in a hotel Ibis to the news that Paul Lambert, well, quote Paul Lambert, um, possibly the club, possibly Paul Lambert, um, signed off letters that went to all the guys on the um, coaches to say that he out of, quote, his own pocket, would be paying for away coach travel. Was this Marcus Evans or was this Paul Lambert? Does it matter? Am I being a spoiled sport? It's a very nice gesture, isn't it? Um, yes, again, more nice PR. Um, and again, it felt genuine and it felt very Paul Lambert-led, which is what we need after a manager that swore at us. Um, <laughs> however... Um, and I have had a few people tell me off on social media for being negative about such a lovely positive thing, which for the co- the players that, sorry, the fans that got on the coach, that must have felt so nice to have that letter. What a lovely surprise at six Probably o'clock at in the morning. 7am or something, yeah, right. Are they, I think they left at six. I'm oh sure they left at God. six. It's ridiculous. I was like still in bed at nine, <laughs> which is a rarity. But the, um, the point I wanted to make is there was a can't remember what the attendance was it was like 500 600 something like that wasn't it um so you've got one coach we saw the one coach outside the ground (laughs) that came up from Ipswich it's like getting around in Weatherspoon, isn't it (laughs) right I'll get these I'll get these ones don't worry guys he could have come to the Fernhurst pub and got around in for everybody that would have made us all happy and there probably would have been more people (laughs) but you know, so that means there's another however many hundreds of fans who've driven up, driven up and not drunk because you can't get a flipping train up north at the moment, um, come up on the train, the ones that managed to, who've gone all that way, haven't got home until 11 o'clock last night and who go every flipping week and drive every flipping week. And I just think, of course, it was a lovely gesture, but I do hope he comes out with something nice. And to all those fans that do go to every single game, do you know what? As lovely as getting free travel is, I'd rather get three points or even one. Fair comment, fair comment. Um, Joe, we haven't seen you since your trip to Gillingham to see. That would have been Friday... Last Friday. Friday last. You weren't on last week, were you? Um, So, Joe, you were at Gillingham watching the under-18s in round four? Yeah, the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Round four of the FA Youth Cup. Can you just... um, take us through um a little just a little bit on the experience um what it's like um that kind of level in that size stadium i know it's not villa park like we've just been talking about and um what what's your what's your read on the current under 18s team well the current under 18s are a pretty good side to be fair it's probably the best we've had in a number of years but i think an an element of that is because the first team squad is so bloated of players that the under-23s have such a big squad themselves that the under-18s are sort of genuinely the sort of best under-18 team as opposed to a lot of the under-18s play for the 23s and the 23s help the first team. So they are they have a bigger pool of players to pick from. But 
like I say, they beat Gillingham, and while that doesn't sound like an amazing result, Gillingham had sort of won three away games previously in the competition, including away at Blackburn, who are a Category 1 academy. They'd gone up there. Hard game, beat Blackburn away. Academy. Yeah, Blackburn away. <laughs> <laughs> beating their, I think they'd beaten them sort of 2-1 up there, and and that was, a, that was a tough game we had against them. They had a couple of real sort of big, big players, and like I said, we, we, like, my, my favourite in that sort of team is a guy called Armando Dobra, who's a sort of number 10. He's sort of English, but I think he's got a bit of Albanian heritage in him. And he just gets his head down, dribbles at people, runs at them, and no no one can touch him. And he, he scored the first goal, as he did in the first round of the third round of the Youth Cup. And and also also sort of another French boy in there, Idris El Mazzouni, who is sort of really seems to be pulling up trees at the moment. He's just signed his first pro deal. So fingers crossed. They've, they've got Watford away in the next round. That's a team we've beaten twice Ooh, in the league already. That's at close for me. Wingate and Finchley FC, it will be. Finchley. So, yeah, so... How are you going, Joe? Um, hopefully, they haven't announced a date of the game yet. Ho- hopefully, sort of where the game goes. And then, if they get through that in the last state, they could end up with a seriously tough tie against one of the real big boys of youth football. Interesting. And, Joe, it's at ITFC underscore academy, underscore not ITFC academy. academy, as I wrongly said the yeah. other day. So, um, Joe live tweets a lot of these youth games and... The rest of the Blue Monday team will admit he is the authority on these things. We, we set him up and let him go because I don't know. Bugger all about it. So um, brilliant yeah. to have your um, your read on that, Joe. Oh, they, they played a friendly on Friday against Chelsea. Actually, beat them 2-0, the under-18s. But the, the Chelsea team was sort of more first years and second years. But still to beat an academy of that standing, who are probably the best academy in the country, they went there and beat them 2-0 on Friday. But again, don't know about the strength of teams. Right, brilliant stuff, Joe. Um, off we go then, up to Blackburn, Amy, 562, and me hiding away in the other stand, 563 there. And you were up right up in the gods, weren't you? God, what was it, just quickly, what was the view like from up there? Um, we were comparing it to Sheffield Wednesday because it's got quite a low, we're long the post, roof. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So you could actually see the pitch, but you couldn't see the top, the top part of it. We couldn't actually see the oh, does it stand on the other side? Yeah, oh, it was. We could see the pitch, but we couldn't see the stand on the other end. Um, and Not good for claustrophobics. No, you need to no, be able to see it, the sky, don't you? It was just high, and I th- I reckon it's a tactical move from them oh, because by the time you climbed style. the stair, well, by the time you climbed the stairs, you were so out of breath. You needed the first half to catch your breath again. It was ridiculous, but um, yeah, it was. It's. Uh, I've never really been much of a fan of their ground, to be honest. I don't think there's anything in it that gives me a little bit of a flutter like some of the other northern grounds do but uh, yes it was very high although we had a theory that because we were higher up it was warmer because hot air <laughs> arises yes, so we were does. grateful for that <laughs> science on the blue monday podcast um it's, de- it's definitely tactical Stuart and andy were were talking about this and we've mentioned it at ipswich joe lots of times how um the away supporters can make a lot of noise and um influence the atmosphere from from where they are um in Ipswich maybe a safety thing as well but um yeah shove the away supporters way way out of the way in a different postcode like it like it meanwhile allow your own fans to walk next to the pitch because there's that <laughs> Joe was mentioning yeah. that before you dialed in yeah one of the comedy yeah. things about Rovers Stadium, apart from the lack of Wagamama in the town. Um, <laughs> right, let's go through this uh, team. So, um, actually, let's do the formation instead. Uh, we had Gherkin and Goal, Pennington stays at right back, Chambers, Collins, Elder, um, Skews and Chalaber holding. So, it, um, 
judges, we'll talk about judge at the end because he actually played all three positions off the front during this game. But we'd had quite the debate, Joe, during the week, hadn't we? So he starts on the right, but um, he's making kissy faces at the number 10 position quite um, overtly in interviews, isn't he? Um, Keane is in the number 10 position as he was um, at the Rotherham game. Uh, Sears down the left with Quainer up front. Um, what do you make of that 11, Joe? And don't worry too much about judging your answer because we'll focus on him at the end. It, it, it was about what I expected. Um, not necessarily the positions, but I expected Judge to come in for Lancaster. I, I thought maybe potentially Quainer would go out right, Judge in the hole and Keane up front. But I think I know we're going to see they did that in the coming games, before. Joe, to be honest, after yeah. after yesterday. I think we'll see exactly, exactly that. Um, Amy? Uh, yeah, for me, I think what I liked was that the consistency of the side. It was judged the only change, and it was it yeah. that yeah. I think for me is what we need at the moment. If we're going to build a team, they need consistency to be able to start to know each other. I thought it stood out a bit, you know, making errors with passes and stuff like that. Is because they haven't quite got to know each other yet, and the only way they're going to do that is game time. So, yeah, I thought I thought that was good. I was also very amused at your face when you read it out on your review video, and uh, <laughs> you, when you mentioned Elder, that's the look I give my toddler when he's done something that's oh, really dear. me off. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're going to get onto Elder when we dissect the second half. Um, Blackburn, <laughs> uh, Rowering goal. Uh, Bennett, Lenehan, Rodwell, Bell. Um, Joe, no, no Mulgrew, but are, are in in the in the James Collins era, are we worried about hot set playtakers anymore? Well, if if you can score directly from a corner, we need to be worried. <laughs> Collins might have a ch- not have a chance to get there before Gherkin flaps. That's it. Collins, Collins <laughs> will just will just you know take a step to the right. And can I just say, Collins, um, who jogs about, um, never sprints, just knows exactly what he's doing. Did one diving <laughs> header in the second half clearance, where I was like, what? But it was probably right. One one per game. Yeah, one of those. It was, it was beautiful. And also, I sound childish. James Collins, nice bald head, makes such a satisfying noise when he heads a ball, doesn't it? <laughs> do, do you agree? <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Um, uh, Harry from Bath had this right as ever. Um, Evans and Travis. Um, so, bit bit more mobile, Travis, than Smallwood. Uh, Reed down the right. Dak in the 10 position. Armstrong starts down the left. And it's Danny Graham up front. Um... Amy, I've got the first 20 minutes has been quite even. Um, in fact, we even kept some good possession for a minute or two around the 10-minute mark. And then really from 20 to 30, um, and the highlights, that some, I sound biased, sometimes the highlights don't tell the whole story because the highlights make it made it look like we got absolutely pulverised yeah. in that half. But it was only a 10-minute spot, and I, I thought we weathered it quite quite well did we am I right about yeah, that yeah totally agree I was completely relaxed totally fine I was I thought we were heading for a nil-nil at that point um that was the most solid I've seen the defense look this season I was perfectly relaxed very very happy with Collins I can see why everyone was making such a fuss about him at, um after Rotherham um I I tweeted after the game I felt that in the first half we matched Blackburn and showed that actually we do have the capabilities of being a championship side we were good we were okay we were fine we were that was probably the most chilled out I've been for 45 minutes since since the start of the season um Joe there was the the chances there was just this one moment of quality where Dak plays this superb ball to put in Elliot Bennett and it's a bit of a crappy finish but then we go up to the 37th minute and um 
if Will Keane was Joe Garner, um, we have a penalty here, don't we, yeah. Joe? Um, so Keane goes through, um, goes round Raya, stays on his feet, and then just he should give it to to Quainer, I think. What was your view on on that really good chance, Joe? Well, I, th- I think he, his first touch wasn't quite up to standard as well. He he seemed to knock it too far ahead of him, which gave Raya a bit too much of a chance for me. I, I, he, it seemed to sort of come to him by surprise because. Oh, he sort of got there and he hoof over the top. It to be was honest, Chambers, yeah. wasn't it? Knocked it through, and then he sort of knocked it a bit closer to the keeper. And then when he did go round the keeper, the keeper was did enough for him to go down. And when he got there, it's, it's like he was waiting for players to catch up with play. I I only saw it on the TV, not on the ground. I didn't see Quayner running in. You just saw Keane sort of steadying himself, trying to look for somebody. He didn't seem to see anybody and just tried to. And he just tried to sneak it in at the near post. Why he didn't just smash it at the near post and just just try and sort of. Put, put an un- unsavable shot if he wasn't going to pick anyone else out, but he seemed to. So Joe, what the camera doesn't. To what, to do. what the camera doesn't pick up there is Quainer comes behind, starts to sprint in and then stops, runs back, yeah. holds his arms out like this. He's probably out by the penalty spot, and there are two guys there, but quick, quick ball across, and you know you're you're shooting against, a, you know, the goalkeeper's not going to be there. So, um, but it took forever for anybody to get up that end. As soon as he had the ball, there should have been Sears and Quainer up, even Judge, up that end of the pitch. You give him options. It's the most basic thing that I was taught in football training. You give them options and he didn't have anywhere to go. We were far too defensive at that point. Interesting. Um, so, half-time... I had down Rovers would think that they should be in the lead. Um, we didn't mention they did hit the post. Um, it was weird, actually. A couple of the corners came in and we won the first header and then they had shots from the rebound from the first header and one trickled through. And I, I will admit we got a very lucky bounce. Dak was literally in the six-yard box and it bounced straight to Gherkin off the post. But I think, I think, Dak, might, I think Dak might have been offside anyway on that one. So had it, had Oh, what if it was... A, yeah, OK, given yeah. that it was touched so close. Yeah, fair, fair comment. Um, so here it comes. And we had this against Bristol City. We had this against Millwall. One slight little tweak is going to do for his... Ferris here, so I don't know what happened to Reed because I thought he, um, I thought he played quite well in the in the first half, especially pressing. So on comes Rothwell, um, and Armstrong swaps wings. So you now have Armstrong against um, Elder um, down the right hand side. Armstrong had been down the left with Pennington, um, and this is the frustrating thing with this season as well because if you would expect Ipswich to concede in a period in this game, it would have been. 20 to 30 minutes not um 64 minutes but um amy it's a it's a good ball by dak but um it's a bit of a shit show by elder after this isn't it for the for the penalty what was your what was your take on on the penalty from when dak plays it through um, well, from from up in the gods where we were, I don't think we could have a uh, very clear view of it. But um, having watched the replay repeatedly, um, because he's one, it's completely split. If you are, I asked on Twitter last night. Tell me, you know, you guys have probably seen more because I'm driving home. What do you think? Was it or not? And it was completely split. The responses. Some people say yes, it was. Some people um, say no, it wasn't. But my friend Martin, who's a regular listener, listener viewer, um, hit, hit the nail on the head afterwards for me um, after the game. And he said, whether it was or wasn't, Elder should have been on the other side of that player. So whatever happened, he shouldn't have been giving that 
away because he shouldn't have been in that position I thought he clipped his feet and I know that other people have said he pulled him with his arm but I don't think he did that um I think I said that on one viewing and I think I might be wrong about that but I thought he clipped his feet but I, th- I think it's he did exactly what um Keane should have done for our chance and and went down he was always going down um it was a very soft penalty but if we're when we're in this position we shouldn't be risking giving soft penalties away um I, I thought Dak was very good I, I don't think good our um, yeah. defense was very very confident or very capable of being able to control him um and I think that you were right they both of their goals came from that side of the pitch and there was a reason for that and that was uh, our friend um, Elder, I think. Joe, I think um, Amy's pretty much nailed that. But when... So that, whether it's a penalty or not, there's a mistake by Elder, isn't there? He's yeah. He's got his back turned as Dak plays it um, through. And then the thing there is, you see players do it a lot of times, hold your hand up, get out the way and then yeah. stop him... Stop him making the cross. What, what, what was just quickly, Joe? What was your take on the pen? I, I, from when the ball was played, it looked like Elder was the favourite to get there. I, I, Armstrong, quick, El- Joe, really quick. I know, but, but Elder looked in front of him, and then all of a sudden, rather than running towards the ball, he seemed to sort of check back to let Armstrong pass him and try and sort of cross behind him. And as he side. did, he, he does he does pull his pull his hat pull his sort of arm down. He, he puts his arm on his shoulder, and and I think the heels might clip as well. But it's a it's so soft, but it's it's a penalty. Like there's like for me, there was no debating whether it's a penalty or not. It's just mm. soft as anything. But yeah, I think I think you guys are right. I think it's a um, it's a mistake that's that's punished, isn't it? Yeah. And um, you know, if you, it's it's one of those ones where if you ask the referee, he could give you a pretty convincing answer. Yeah. Why he gave it, you could give a pretty convincing answer. Why it isn't. 15 years ago, it isn't, but no, 15 well, years ago, v- VAR, VAR wouldn't overturn that. Not no, in a million No, there's years. not reasonable. What was the wording for VAR? Reasonable, <laughs> reasonable <know>. doubt <laughs> in the mistake or whatever. There you go. Um, up steps Danny Graham, who's just about to get substituted as well. Um, Nuttall had been like, um, Venus had got him ready to go and then they pulled him, pulled him back when, you know, when they saw that attack transpiring. So, yeah, um, not even in Rovers' best uh, period, they take the lead. And then, Joe, you said this to me yesterday, away from home, you know that when the first one comes within 15 minutes or whatever, the second one uh, comes, although, do I have to do the tactical one first? I do. Quainer, who we'll talk about, comes out. Lancaster comes on. So now you do get Judge in the 10 position and Keane up front so it's Lancaster right judge centre Sears left with Keane up front but Joe do you want to take me to a rather excellent pass by Elliot Bennett to set this goal up well it it's about eight or nine minutes after the first goal and like I was saying whenever we concede one away from home another one soon follows between the goal and the second goal they'd also hit the post in that time as well so we had just sort of fall into pieces after that goal yet again. But sort of Bennett gets the ball in the right back slot. And considering he played quite poorly yesterday, does really well, beats sort of two or three of our, of our press on his own, knocks the ball through to well, Armstrong. And Elder, again, is caught. Like I said, I, I watched it on the I follow, so I didn't see it. So Elder's off screen when it happens, but he must have switched off for Armstrong to be in like that. And... Elder then just runs square. He's probably still the got the penalty in his head, though, Joe. Hasn't yeah, he? and Armstrong plays the ball across. Great cross. Sort of a, a perfect a ball. Cross. And 
the guy couldn't miss. And I, I say that, that. that that one pass that one pass killed the game. And like I say it was just it was just poor defending, really. Um, anything to add on that, Amy? And do you think um, our, our supporters love to have a go at a fullback? Do you think um, Elder's now going to be public enemy number one? Given that there's not really, I, mean, I, th- I thought Skews was off it for the first twenty minutes but then did a fairly good job on Dak but do you think Elder's going to become persona non grata now especially with a with a academy graduate behind him in the pecking order yeah he's got a bit of a um uphill battle now I think hasn't he to get the fans on side um and to be honest with you I do I part of me agrees I don't understand why we haven't got our own players in that position but um when the one we've brought in isn't any better it's he wasn't he was the weak link yesterday. The trouble is, in my opinion, it's a weak link every every game. It's a different one. So it isn't Spence every time as much as we'd love to be able to just blame him. It isn't the goalie every time as much as we'd like to have one person that would just, if you take them out of the team, it fixes it. It's, it's individual errors coming from across the team. So I don't think it's fair just to blame him. I think it was the whole team yesterday. As soon as we conceded that second one, um, that was it. And in my opinion, all of the focus has been on the defence, who I thought were the best I've seen them so far this season and there's not been anything about the fact that we couldn't score a goal and if we could score goals it wouldn't matter that we've conceded two because we'd be all right we deserved a draw yesterday with the way we played first well first half we did if we could score goals that would solve the problem and that's true and Amy the one away win this season we scored three goals to win that we still conceded two goals um two goals and and there was an own goal at Swansea as I well. just think it would build the confidence as well because the reason we conceded the second, that was, an, like you say, amazing cross. That was a good goal, hard to defend against. But when we're lacking confidence in defence like we are at the moment, if you've got goals at the other end, you're not under quite so much pressure at the back. And that, for me, is where we need to fix it. Freddie Sears needs to step up. Mm, interesting. Um, not too much else in the rest of this. Uh, Rovers see it out fairly well. Smallwood comes in. Titans the midfield up. Uh, Bishop comes on and plays plays down the um, left-hand side for the remainder of the game. Um. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. 
With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, that's all she wrote. Joe, talk to me about this um, front four configuration because before you said to me, um, and I hold my hands up on this one because I think I agree with you now, you said to, I was like, nah, 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 I've seen Brentford this season. Judge will play down the left and Keane will stay there because Lambert's quite consistent. Quainer will be down the front and Sears will be down the right. Um, I was right that Judge wasn't in the 10 position. Um, he was down the other side. But you'd suggested you think that we'll end up with Keane up front, who seems to have a better first touch than Quainer. Quainer down the right, where he can kind of charge, basically. Don't know how good it be defensively. Um, Judge at 10 and one of Sears or Lancaster down the left. Is is that what you were getting at earlier in the week? I, I think so. I, I suppose the only problem with that is that if you play Quainer as a striker and Keane as the 10, you, you do almost have two strikers on the pitch. So you have a little bit more oomph up there, but we need, we need to find a way of getting back to four, two, three, one or four, three, three and having it look like three up front as opposed to looking like one up front, which is we seem to have drifted back to in recent weeks. Like you think back to the Reading game where Lambert first came in. Oh, that was carnage, got, wasn't it? That's the, <laughs> Ten that, up front. That, 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 that was like, that was the proper three up front, wasn't it? Sears on the left. It was Edwards. Jordan, Jordan Roberts up the middle, Gwion Edwards on the right. And they, they were so attacking. But in, in recent weeks... Well, they both scored, it's, Joe, within 15 minutes, didn't they? It's, it's just dropped and dropped and dropped. And we now... We almost look like we're back to the sort of 4-5-1 days. Or or yesterday it was 4-4-2 with Keane and Quainer. But we, we need to find that personnel that works in there. And I, I don't think... I don't think we're close at the moment. I think we've, we've signed a lot of bodies up there and I just don't think we've really got the balance right at the moment. I think they'll get it. You're actually right. I did spend about the first five minutes because Keane was so close to Quainer. I'm like, hang on, hang on. Is this 4-4-2? Four, four, it wasn't because he dropped off in the end. But Amy, on, on Quainer, I, d- I don't want to... Um... I don't want to doubt a player when they've only had a couple of games. Um, I just, I've just seen Keane... Uh... I guess we were a bit spoilt because we've had McGoldrick, who has a brilliant first touch. We've had Garner, who's incredibly strong. And Waghorn, who has a brilliant first touch and is incredibly strong. Um, I just think what I've seen holding the ball up, I just think Keane's looked better than Quayne. What was your take on Quayne yesterday? Yeah, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't. Um, I mean, first game in, but when you've got somebody tall and fairly intimidating like that, he needs to be making a difference. I was thinking about um, Daryl Murphy, as I seem to be doing a lot this season, um, and you know how he's tall and he's quite. I mean, he's, he's probably beefier than uh, Quainer is, but he used his size to be able to distract the defenders and pull them away. I thought Blackburn were quite closely, <coughs> excuse me, marking Quainer, which I think is for me, was why Keane had so much movement. Um, but we didn't make the most of that. He needed to be distracting the defence and pulling the defenders. Like Murphy used to do, he'd pull the defenders over to one side so McGoldrick could come up the other side and score. For me, we have 
young, inexperienced strikers at a time where we really need boys that are just going to come in and do the job. Um, and I, you know, we've got what ten days left of the transfer window. I'm hoping Lambert hasn't put his, um, you know, little note, put his scouts notebook Rothman's away. Because... football yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, well, this is it. I haven't got a clue who to. If if it was left to me, I would go and sit and watch derby training. I would get in trouble for spying. I would just go and jump on Marty Waghorn, and I would not let him go until he said he's coming back he's to it. He's played the last couple of games. I think he's yeah, finally. He scored, I think they've finally figured out what a good player they've got there right let's go for some questions then is there any point in me saying rattle through these doing quickly we always and then it's, I'm just as bad <laughs> as anybody aren't I right Joe um, this is from Craig Ablett are fitness levels good enough in the squad as we continually look burned out and without a plan by the hour mark um, I, I, probably not to be honest because we've we've signed players who haven't played much football recently and these players have got to get up to match speed and they've got to do it at the expense of championship football so from the from the from the very start of the season when Paul Hurst made a huge play about fitness he then signed John Nolan and Toto Entialo at the end of the transfer window about a pre-season we never looked that fit we then signed Jordan Graham and John Walters we never looked that fit <laughs> sounds <laughs> insane when you read it out but, doesn't it? but but, and then and then Lambert's come in and, we, and we've had to put Jordan Roberts straight in the team who wasn't match fit. We, we're constantly getting people match fit and, and until these guys have a run of games, until Judge, until Keane, until Quainer, until Collins has a run of games, they aren't going to be fully yeah. match fit for 90 minutes at this level. Good, good answer. Um, Amy, this is Peter. Last week on podcast, it was mentioned about fans needing a cult hero. Who do you think was the last hero for us at Portman Road? I think Pablo, maybe Murphy or Chambo. Cheers. He says thank you. Um, cult. <laughs> is, is Chambers a cult? Cult. Hero? No, I, d- I think there's too many people that don't like him for, as a footballer, which I think is a little harsh. But um, I, d- I love Chambers. I absolutely adore him, and he's the one player on that pitch that you know is hurting when we lose. But um, I'm sure they all are. But that you, you you just know Luke is. Um, I actually think you could probably go far back as far as you know the Matty Holland days because I don't think we've ever. I mean, this is me. This Matt Holland is God to me, but I don't think we've ever ever had cult heroes like what we did in those Premier League days. You know, Matty Holland staying with us after we went down to try and get us back up again. I could see Chambers doing that, but I can't see any of the other players doing that if they get a better offer to stay in the Championship. Um, so I think I think that's a wonderful question. I think I'd love it if Collins is the next one. I think he's well on the way. <laughs> Thirty-five. Um, well, that's very true. He hasn't maybe he hasn't got enough time to do it. I think we're uh, we're a long we way off doing it. If we stay up, he, <laughs> he'll definitely be on his back, won't it? Um, Joe, this is Benjamin Steed. Great name. Uh, will our play? Will our young players be better prepared for next season by a playing on loan for a competitive <laughs> League One club? B being at Ipswich. Uh, through what's to come for the rest of the season on loan yeah if, if if they can get on loan and play games then that would better prepare them than being here but we have an issue with someone like ben morris for example he cannot go on loan to another league club because he played on the opening day of the season against blackburn has played for forest green and now unless he wants to go to non-league which i'd say is probably too too low a level for him he, he can't go out on loan ben falami's injured uh, oh, yeah, just talk a bit about ben falami that's um a he's out for the season, of, isn't he? Yeah. Achilles. Yeah, he's he's out, he's out for a long time. Yeah. 
he's probably will struggle to be back for pre-season next year to get back fully fit for it. So, like I say, if if, if these guys can get good loans to League One and League Two clubs where they're going to play every week, then yeah, by all means. But they they don't loan the loan system is so terrible in this country where you send players out, they change managers, they don't play games, they go in as reserves, and it just it's such a hit and miss way of developing players and. Sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Josh Emmanuel goes to Shrewsbury, plays 20 games, they change their manager, and then they send him back. So, And he was at Wembley a, in May. Yeah, and he had, a good season la- he had a good season last year. Luke Wolfenden goes out, he does play. Tristan Nydham goes out, he doesn't get a minute. Ben Morris goes out, he barely plays. It's just so hit and miss, and it's such a poor way to develop players. But a good loan spell is still a good thing. Um, Ipswich Lundhouse is asking about Danassian. Um says is there more to meet the eye i think we've um covered that uh this is benji itfc king um amy would you rest <laughs> freddie sears as he just doesn't look up to it at the moment um no i wouldn't uh i'm not his biggest fan um but i wouldn't because i think what he needs is the confidence of being backed and being on that you know one of the first names on the fir- on the team sheet i think it's really important for him to have that confidence um because he lacks confidence but I was saying to my friend Brett actually uh, we we stood and watched the game together and I I just I'm not even convinced Freddie Sears is going to be up to it when we go down to League One I just I just don't think he's he needs somebody more experienced there playing alongside him and running the front line because at the minute it's all down to him and he, he just he's not good enough he did a weird thing down the right left hand side of the pitch where he sort of do you see it when he went really close to the line and he was oh, like, he just stayed in. Yeah. yeah. And then, so he managed to get through that. And the other, the Blackburn player looked a bit shocked. And then he did absolutely naffle with it. He did, he he did get well, t- worked he so did get hard fouled, to get to though, that point. He? he got a free kick. Oh, did, was that when he was taken out? Oh, fair yeah. enough. I do apologise, Freddie. But I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, that was the only moment where I thought, oh, well, you know, good lad, good lad. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't drop him because of confidence. But then I wouldn't drop anyone at the minute because I want the consistency in the team. Um, this is ridiculous. This, is, But I promise I'm not just picking out. There's four in a row. Ben, Benji. This is ben- <laughs> Benjamin Irie, uh, Joe. I know this question comes up almost weekly, but with tough fixtures coming up, Villa Norwich, was this game really the last straw? We'll just flip ahead. Um, all of the bottom five lost, Joe. The one game less, but the gap didn't change, did it? No. Well, I, like I say, I'm sort of. I feel like I'm coming to accept relegation at the moment. I just. I know we're only seven points behind, but you look at us, and we are. Even yesterday, I thought we were playing a decent side. In the first half, they were sort of a decent enough side, but then we, we lose 2 0, and you can say, oh, it was a silly mistake for the first goal. Well, Sears made a silly mistake and gave away a dangerous free kick. Sears gave away another silly free kick. Scoose gave away a silly free kick. Scoose gave away a silly free kick. Scoose gives away the ball, and they nearly score from it. Collins gives away the ball on the edge of the area. They, they don't score when we make silly errors. We just make so many silly errors that chances are they are going to score from one of them. And like, you look at our record away from home, it's utter dog shit, isn't it? Like, <laughs> 13 games in a row, we've conceded two goals. Six games away from home without scoring. We, like, you, you look at it with any objectivity and we are just absolute whipping boys in the division. And so you just... I so that, that game yesterday where... Yeah, Blackburn are half decent. You lose 2-0 and... I've, like I say, I felt we were in the game at half time, but I know the highlights do sort of give us slightly a, a more limited view of the game. But ultimately, Blackburn were creating chances. 
Dak had a good chance when Scoose gave it away. They had another chance where sort of Dak was in on the goal and tried to go over the keeper. They hit the post. They had a couple of corners. They had a mm-hmm. decent shot from range. And it's like we're, we're looking at it through such blue-tinted spectacles, I think. Mm-hmm. I've seen when, when we look at that at halftime, think, oh, actually, we're still in the game. Well, we, we rely on the other team to glutter chances and us scoring the very few we create. And ultimately, we're not going to do it very often this season. We've only done it three times. And at least two of those victories you could put down to profligate finishing from the other team. And I say, I just, I, I'm every sort of Monday, I sort of start building up my optimism throughout the week for the Saturday. <laughs> and then, and then it's sort of, I think, Oh, actually, if we win this one, they lose there. But ultimately we are, we are miles off where we need to be. Aren't we this season? You watch a lot of championship football, Ben, you can't see many sides as bad as us. Any? Um, no, <laughs> fair, comment. fair comment and I've seen some I, I saw one scarily good one with um, a certain fixture coming up that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about later that you're not going to like what I say about but there we go uh, Amy Beanie what should be the realistic goals for the remainder of the season uh, to try and make sure we start better and more cohesive next season I think you touched on the consistency haven't you yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you need to start building a team now for put pull them together. But um, I've been thinking about this. I don't know if you've seen Stuart Watson's article today um, about if you accept relegation, it will feel a lot less painful. Um, and I do. I know where he's coming from, but you can guarantee that's not how the players are going to be thinking. That's not how Lambert's going to be thinking. If we've got all these ticket promotions, you've got people coming to games at Portman Road that, you know, we've got 20,000 people turning up because of these ticket promotions. If we're all there saying, oh, yeah, well, we're going to go down, it's not going to get people coming back. And there is a part of me that thinks, do you know what? The whole point in being a football fan is that there is always that little smidgen of hope that keeps you going. Woke up on Saturday morning. I knew we were going to lose, but there's just that little bit of me thinking, God, imagine if we get like an 85th minute winner or something like that and you just got that little bit of hope and I don't think we can give it up completely so I'm not personally ready just yet to be thinking what can we do now to get ready for league one we've got to put everything into staying up but at the minute I'm not sure that we are we aren't going to stay up but we can at least try (laughs) I think as well if it does get anywhere near like for example Rotherham lose to Leeds next week we somehow I don't know Tammy Abraham, we drug him or something before the game. <laughs> Keep Jack Grealish in D- Dubai on warm weather weather training. Um, somehow win that game at Villa and it's four points. You know, everyone's going to say, well, four points is is nothing. Add the goal difference. Always add the goal difference, yeah. though. Um, this is from another place, Joe. Callum Elder so far looks decidedly shaky at left back. Should Ken Lark, our own player, be given a run of games? Or is he a player we think is better than he is when he's not playing. Um, I, th- I think there is an element of that with Kenlock because like, I, 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 he's not one that I particularly rate very highly, defensively especially. I think he's decent enough going forward, but he doesn't actually create much going forward. He doesn't get many assists or anything along those lines. But I, I just don't really understand the whole left-back situation at the moment. It sounds like Knudsen... It seemed like when we signed Elder that Knudsen was going to be off on the first set of transfer yeah. window. Why not just keep the situation with Knudsen and Kenlock, tell Knudsen he's not going to the summer because he's yep. as good as, he's as good a short-term signing as we're going to get. It allows us one more loan spell, one more loan player to come into the team and is Elder really an improvement on Knudsen? I, 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 I personally wouldn't say so. And while Knudsen probably doesn't want to be here, it seems, but I, I, just, I just don't see the point of freezing out a player to bring in a loan player 
He wouldn't. He wouldn't have been beaten by Armstrong that tw- easily twice yesterday. I guess. I guess it's the business argument, though, Joe, isn't it? It's the the asset. I remember sitting at Milton Keynes behind the dugout. You know, bring on Waghorn, bring on Waghorn, bring on Waghorn. He's not coming on. They don't want him going anywhere near a tackle. You know, well. Yeah, but, that, yeah, but that's pre-season when we're sold. about to sell him, though. Yeah, well, and this is transfer window when we're about to sell Knudsen, isn't it? I think is. Yeah, what but the... yeah, but what, yeah, but what is Knudsen's value at the moment? His contract <laughs> in the summer lower than Waghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Hold I mean, on, I've got a five half a million wallet. Probably. I'll get that out. Mm. But like, yeah. like, like, Waghorn was being protected because Hurst wanted to sell him to to complete his transfer business. Mm, We've got a loan player to replace Knudsen. His value is diminishing by the day. If it was 500,000 at the start of the month, I'd be surprised. We'd get a nominal fee of a couple of hundred thousand. He's not probably on a big contract. We might as well just play him. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand. If he's still here at the end of the month, I just That's going to look very know what silly. Plan yeah. Because like, if, if you're Knudsen, if you've got any sense, you wouldn't sign a contract till the summer. Why, why be sort of pushed into a move that the club want to get 200 grand for you from a club when you can wait well he can start negotiating now when you can go to the pick of any club you want in the summer it, I don't know it just I just don't think we we handled the situation badly in the summer with his contract and we're handling it badly again now for me um, yeah good good answer uh, John Banger who had a very successful night with Russell Osman in the um, South West um, supporters Ibis. club thing in Southwest <laughs> Hotel Ibis is it near a mini mart mini supermarket there's new partridge next month actually um, looking forward to that um, he also asked about the left back situation I think we've done it let's just do one more this is Tim Amy uh, would we be better off without Chalaba you guys watch him um, more than me um, I thought he was better than I know I can't be too tough on skews because he's just come back from injury and he did keep Dak quiet for some of the game but I thought Chalaba was, was probably better than Skews yesterday wasn't he Amy she's pulling a funny <laughs> face if you're listening on the podcast um, there's a bad so, smell in her room <laughs> was, yeah, it's Chalaba it's the uh, bird poop on his head the <laughs> I'm uh, he was a bit of a funny one uh, and I think much like Skews there were moments of really nice bits of football where you thought mm, yeah I quite like this our midfield's looking good today and then there was moments of what in the are you doing um there was a lovely point and i can't remember who it was um the blackburn player but he was absolutely tugging on chalaba he was put he was all over him and chalaba just like he was like no no you're not having me henched up and just kept going and pulled away with the ball and then he looked up and passed the ball to a blackburn player it's like oh my god (laughs) nothing is working for us this year but it was so for me it was very up and down there were moments where i thought "Mm, yeah okay you're better you're better today than i've seen you but no i'm not not a big fan to be honest um right let's cut the questions there so we will say thank you and apologize to um, Ian at ITFC Ian who I saw outside the game this is funny Ian won't mind me saying he, he was walking away from the ground and I was like hatted and scarfed up and he didn't recognise me I pulled my scarf down hi Ian and he said oh yeah I'm just going back to the car to get another hat and another scarf because it's bloody freezing so he had, <laughs> he had two takes to get into the ground um, uh, Stephen Moore of Turnstile Blue uh, Harry Butcher Cobbold Massive Mullet oh some great names in here get great team out this lot Simo and Neil sorry <laughs> we're not going to have time to read your questions out let's move on to the roundup. and um, Amy your favourite team your hometown team here Stoke 2 Leeds 1 Chaos in Leeds all week and in most Leeds fashion possible they lose at the end of the week 
yeah it's uh it's been a huge distraction hasn't it it sort of started off as a oh yeah whatever it's just one of those things because Bielsa sort of I think he sort of dismissed it didn't he as a yeah it's just one of those things that happens well, before talking about from. it for 70 minutes <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um it, it's it's a shame really but to be honest they were going to bottle it at some point weren't they so at least they've got a valid excuse for having you, a few Amy, off if games. you want to laugh as well I made a YouTube video about this on Wednesday read the comments Leeds fans are salty right they're, they're not popular with the Leeds fans they are they really don't I did very a blog, defensive um, I managed to talk a couple of them down but yeah very uh, most of the time it's just not worth it it's just yeah. not worth it but the there pro- are there's a few decent ones out oh, there I know. I'm sure the problem they're, is they're, they're, they're such a big fan base aren't they they're like Liverpool one club to... town as well Liverpool Joe, and Man United yeah. you insult something and you'd get the I didn't even the, insult the, them the <laughs> I promise no. I, I was <laughs> I right think, I was right I on the fence. Um, you know, it, um, it I was once trending. And there was Amy Downs trending in Leeds once because I'd insulted Ellen. Well, I, I call it something rather rude that begins with B um, and r- rhymes with Ellen. Amari Bell. Um, <laughs> that's the one um and uh people got so the Leeds fans got so wound up by me using this word that um, my name was trending in Leeds Salty. because they just oh dear oh dear but do you know what there are enough nice of them nice ones of them in the minority but they they're the ones that deserve it and to be honest with you if it's a choice between Leeds and Norwich winning the league I know which one I'd prefer so at least I'll get a few nice parties to go to in May if uh <laughs> there you go. what were you saying about public footpaths Joe there's a public footpath that runs along the Ipswich training ground, so you don't need to take their pliers to get through the fence to watch us train. See, so. I got stick for that. Apparently, there were no pliers, um, although what I just said was far more polite than the, the stick I got. Norwich 3, Birmingham 1. Guys, I was at this game. Norwich are really good. I hate to I hate to say it. I know they've had a bad run and they've played... Let's, let's, let's move on, then. ...the top team. <laughs> Joe, all the back four comfortable with the ball, um, reserve players in, um, really good finishing. I, I, I've made up my mind now, on February 10th, we're either going to shithouse a 1-0 or we're going to get beat like 4-5-6. If, yeah. if we collapse, I know Sheffield United are good and we drew with them, but... Um, one, of, one of my friends, I, I don't know why he was at the game, because he's a Liverpool fan, but he texts me... <laughs> from the game on Friday night and I was watching it and he texted me saying their wingers are really good and I was like they're not the wingers they're the fullbacks and he's like no, they're the... <laughs> he's like no the wingers and I said and they're yeah, both 19 they're the fullbacks. Or well, and he yeah. said and I said they're the... and, he, and he goes number 12 and number 37 and I was like yes the, the fullbacks they're like both two 19 year old fullbacks bombing up and down the pitch that are just killing them and it's just worrying like I say I remember when we went there when we lost 4-1 and on the way to the game, my friend, we drove up from London and he was saying, I have that. Oh, no. He said, he said, I woke up having nightmares about hearing that. And oh. as it came on for the third or fourth time, we just walked out of the ground and we were oh, like, man, I gotta hate yeah. that song. Um, just quickly. Um, so the Norwich um, ticket stuff, bring your passport, etc., has come out. <laughs> and the four guys who one of them was 43 years old as well who messed with the lighting. I mean, look, I've got in trouble on here for talking about crowd control before, um, and it's not an excuse. Believe me, before I say this, it's not an excuse, but the crowd control was pathetic at the end of that game, and um, the police should have some 
blame for they were I was right at the front of the line because I wanted to go and do my match through. They didn't have a clue what they were doing. They'd stopped us, they'd hemmed us in. Um, we should have been kept in our seats and but that's I know that's no excuse, but um, they could have done more to prevent that. But um, Joe, are you going to Norwich? No, because I think it's a joke how how ridiculous it is to get there. The trains, the early kickoffs, the no pub, the having to have your name and ID on the ticket. It's like we treat treat like criminals before you get to the game. And while these while these four people were obviously twats last year, I I was in the concourse and it was a good atmosphere and. You could. I was in one side of it, and then the other side, you could see where they're trying to pull the lights down. Like there was this, as I walked, sort of, I walked up, sort of, to have a look at the ground. And there's old Bill up there. There were stewards up there, and me and a guy, we said to him, "Look, there's people down there trying to pull the lights down, get down and sort them out." And they're like, "We're not going down into the concourse." There was. I spoke to another one of my friends, and he said he'd done the same. So they were aware something was happening. But, but what are they going to do? Go they're down... not going to send three stewards in when you, when we've got two thousand fans and well, they're no, all drunk was, and they're all was... yanking lights down. Yeah, I don't. There, I... there wasn't two thousand fans yanking lights down. There was no. I appreciate that. Six, there was five or six idiots there. There was armed police at the top. Go down and sort out the twats. And, send one of them in and, because. <laughs> Because no, there was a, there was a few around there that thought it was funny and carried on with it, but most people down there were just trying to have a few beers and a sing song. And and like I say, I, Suffolk Police, I, I don't think it was bad as Norfolk Police, but they they don't look for much of an excuse to try and make these more and more draconian. This, you, like you, you don't you don't need to go to the extents. And the same for Norwich fans coming to Ipswich, you, you, they do not need to have their tickets, their names written on the tickets, membership numbers checked for ID. It's an absolute joke for what is a low-key derby. Like I say, Ben, you went to the Sheffield derby. I've been to... On a, on a Friday night, 40,000, one city, and they managed to police that. Derby Forest, they managed to police that in a night game. I've been Man to United, all of Liverpool, them. Man United, season. Man City. Yeah. If, um, if, can if, I, can if I just... these forces can cope with that, our force should be able to cope with bloody Norwich v Ipswich. It's a joke. Can I just come back on a couple of things? So I've been to this season, I've been to Villa Birmingham. I've been to Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. I've been to Derby Forest um, and I've been to Ipswich Norwich. So I've seen all of it. Um, what I would say, you made a good point. When it's one city, you don't have the issue of travel and everyone coming in and converging. So it feels like it's kind of easier on that level for them. And I do I do think sometimes the way, the way both grounds are... That, the Sheffield United one's like in this built-up, um, built-up area, um, and it feels like there's no nooks and crannies for people to get down and in the in the away fans go. The Derby one, you know, is a purpose-built thing on the edge of the, the the city, isn't it? And that feels like they can herd the away supporters in. I know I'm talking about humans, like they're they're animals. Um, what was the other one I said? The Villa Birmingham one was funny though, because I parked up and I had to walk all the way round, and they had like a riot thing down one side where the entrance was and like a, a big one way system. And you had to tell the police who you were and show your ticket and whatnot. And I, I went, I went out to the police and they said, who do you support? And I'm like, Ipswich. I've never seen anyone look more. <laughs> I said, where you sitting, mate? You know, I don't want any trouble, but I know what you mean. It does. It does feel like it's got a little bit. I know Graham on naked footy is very, um, fired up about this and, and thinks it's ridiculous quite similar to you uh, just before we carry on amy have you got anything to add on this um on this uh, norwich policing situation 
I just think they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. At the end of the day, we've had four absolute morons act like dickheads at the last game, and this is this is what happens from it. And I was set. We were talking about it on Saturday because we've got friends who've managed to get tickets, but you know, gonna have to dig out the passport to be able to go and stuff like that, which is it is ridiculous. It's going to cause so much hassle getting into the ground, checking all the tickets and stuff. When really, you just want to get the Ipswich fans in. Um, and I, I for, do you know what? For the playoffs, I had nothing but nice experience. I had um, I parked up because I'd obviously driven down from Yorkshire, walked through all the Norwich fans. We actually had a really tall chap came and walked alongside us. I think he spotted we were Norwich uh, Ipswich fans, and sort of walked with us and made sure we got to the away stand before he went over to his own seat. I don't think it's as bad as they think it is. But if they don't do anything, that and something happens, somebody gets hurt. Then they're going to be, you know, last last season it was lights. What if it's a, what if it's a person? What if it's a human being that gets yanked over and kicked and whatever? So, I'd I'd rather everybody was safe. But I w- I was um, planning on going. I I did say after the Luke Chambers um, last minute close goal that I would never miss an away derby again. But I'm going to sit in a pub in Leeds and enjoy it up here with a pint in my hand. So like without without sort of banging on about it too much, I think the way they treat the fans incites the atmosphere to be worse yeah, anyway. You you put people in a pen and you walk them around and you have the sort of away fans leering at them and that's, that's yeah. what makes the atmosphere you know, worse. Do you know what happened? I was right at the front of this. I promise. I was stood with. The, I probably said this on the pod before. I was stood right in front of a police guy. I was starting to get pushed. Um, I said, what, what, "What's what's the order, mate?" And he's like, "I don't I don't know. I genuinely yeah. don't know." And um, his gaffer was there and they they were like oh, what, what do we do there was a little push three people got through and they just let us through there was no order given yeah. what i promise no. you i'm not slandering or lying about anything no order and we went through that happened at the playoff yeah that happened at the playoff semi-final because i was in the second row and we were chatting to the coppers at the end saying right what's going on are you holding us back or can we just go while everyone's celebrating? Wouldn't it make sense if we go? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're just going to have to. You're just going to stay there. We had a little boy crying because there was those like eight Norwich fans that decided to invade the pitch and try and taunt us. But they, the police didn't have a clue. They had no plan. There was no, there was no plan A, plan let alone plan B. They just didn't know what was going on. Exactly. Absolutely right. And it's us that are getting the punishments and the restrictions like, for their lack of organisation. It's like Maggie Thatcher. Back in the eighties, ID cards for fans, isn't it? It's it's that level. You've got to take yeah. ID to get to go and watch a bloody game yeah, of football. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Well, okay, it's, it's, it's a disgrace. Good points all around. I'm sure we've, I'm sure the listeners are pumped up now. Now, <laughs> listeners, are, I'm sure we've triggered lots of people there. Um, as always, at Blue Monday, ITFC. If you um, agree, if you disagree, at Joe Fairs and at Tractor Girl Amy. Don't talk to me. <laughs> take out. <laughs> Um, uh, let's quickly do these because uh, so Swansea won Sheffield United nil that puts Norwich three points clear Joe can Sheffield United win at Norwich next week and close the gap yes uh, West Brom... David, David McGoldrick to score the winner oh, yeah. yes, please. yes please West Brom Bolton on Monday so if West Brom win that the top four separated by four points uh, Borough won Millwall won Amy are Borough the most boring team in the top six or are they going to churn it out because they won't have a bad run uh, they're one of the teams I haven't seen anything of, so I'm assuming they are because I haven't bothered watching anything. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and they've, they've scored they've scored as few goals at home as Ipswich. No, they haven't really. No way. Wow. Either, they're either second from last or last. Who's last? last? Rotherham. No, us. 
Really? <laughs> why, why did I? Why did I walk into that? Derby two, Reading one. Joe, how are you feeling about Reading? The most best team in the, the bottom cra- three? Nah, the crap. No, best team in the bottom three. Well, yeah, probably, but they are crap, though, aren't they? They're, they're terrible. I'd like to say we're, we're lucky at the moment that Reading are terrible and Bolton are terrible. That that sort of we've still got a bit of a chance of getting out of it. But yeah, um, Forest nil, Bristol City one. Amy, Bristol City two points behind Derby now. A lot of people are saying the top six will stay where it is. Any chance of Adam Webster's Bristol City breaking in there? I think it's a lovely story, isn't it? I think they had a bit of a slow start to the season, if I remember right, and they've just whizzed up. Um, I'm sure you're about to mention them, but with Hull hot on their heels as well, which is ridiculous. It's just it's just goes to show that um, you get a few wins together. Look what you can do about it. I, I hope they do. I hope they take Derby's place when Derby bottle it. <laughs> uh, Villa quick, two. Quick note on that one. Liam Rossini described Lee Johnson in the studio at Sky's Streaky Lee. Oh, Streaky Lee. Nice. Um, he must have been listening to the show for the past yeah. three years we've been calling him that. Uh, Villa 2, Hull 2. Joe Villa not winning at all. Very leaky at the back. No Grealish. Sure, we're going to win next week, aren't we? Well, they, they did well. They were 2-0 down, weren't they, to come back from that. Is, uh, that, that will give them enough oomph to beat us. There you go. Uh, Amy, QPR 1, Preston 4. Um, Stockley, Story and Potts all signed from the lower divisions and score in this game. I thought lower division players couldn't make the step up to the championship. <laughs> well, maybe they can if you pick the right ones and not the ones that are your buddies. Amen. I promise that's not scripted. I didn't set her up to say that. <laughs> uh, Wednesday 1, Wigan nil Joe. Uh, Wednesday coming up, start of February, but they look better without a manager than, than with one. Yeah, and hopefully Steve Bruce struggles in his first game because I think that is against us. Isn't it, it will be. Yeah, and they got they go to Chelsea for a cup game, don't they, this week? So um, hopefully some cloggy fixtures. Uh, Brentford four, Rotherham two. Amy, frankly, this is the most important result really because the gap stays where it is. Um, at what point, if any, do you see Rotherham dropping into the bottom three? Although Joe's just said red in a rubbish, so that means never. When we have a magical turnaround and pull ourselves out, they'll be the ones to replace us. A magical <laughs> Vegas turnaround. They're a magical <laughs> place there under one roof. Then is it sad when you go past a Toys R Us now, isn't it? Toys yeah. R Us under one roof. It's called Toys R Us. That's quite, it's quite <laughs> they've musical. They've, that, still got, it? they've still got the sign up, don't they? I think they should take the sign down because it depresses me otherwise. Yeah. 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 Um, here comes the extrapolation. The games are running out. 18 to go and Rotherham are in 21st. They are currently setting a horrible pace of 25 points from 28 games, a points per game of 0.89. If they keep that course going, they will finish with a measly 41 points. Thus, statistically, with no improvement from any of the bottom teams, the target is only 42 points. Stop laughing, Joe. It's a statistical fact. I'm not clutching at all. Um, to hit 42 points, Ipswich need another 24 from 18. 1.33, or in simpler terms, win, draw, loss every three games. That's a lot of wins. The big caveat, as I say, is it assumes that Bolton and Reading make no improvement on their current abominable rate. Shall we do two little ducks, guys? Should we get yeah, I, I don't. I don't think 42 points will be out of the way to stay up this year. It wouldn't surprise if it's somewhere in that low and I don't think the Champions will have 90 either. I think, no, I, th- all... I think I think low forties will. If we can get if we can get to forty two, forty three points, we'll probably likely be safe. But that's that still feels a long way off at the moment. Um, one point three three, so another twenty four. Easy. 
Easy. Um, that, next, that's the problem. Getting the points. Not the, uh, can you not really how many think you need, of eight getting... games that we can win that's left in the rest of the season? Reading at home. It's just all oh, pick the bottom six at home. Yeah, there you go. Stoke at home because yeah. I could really do a seeing actually a win this season. You have to win an away game or two at some point, don't you? Right, we're doing two little ducks. Everybody knows the rules by now. Two little ducks. Did I plug the live show? I'll do it in a minute. You just mentioned February the sixteenth. Um, next week is. I gave you a link there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at the clock and it says one hour nine, and I always get in trouble for keeping people up um next week it's villa away so we're going back to one of the last heroic nil one away wins under mick mccarthy joe we're going to february the 11th 2017 aston villa nil ipswich one i was sat in the homestand with david diamond and celebrated when emir hughes scored and oh, i've just given you one of the one of the players doing <laughs> um and dave literally fell into his seat he was like what the hell are you doing but i think I, I apply my 10-minute rule for sitting in the homestand. If it's goals in the last 10 minutes, you've, they're, they're not going to either beat you up or um, kick you out um, between now and then. Uh, Villa spent much of this January under Steve Bruce buying up the championship's best players. Ipswich lose two of their three centre-backs by half-time, but in a quite beautiful performance. They snatch an 83rd-minute winner by an unnamed Welsh player who gets paid a very high weekly wage and never plays. Joe, are you Googling? No, I'm just writing notes. Okay, how many have you got? Strong. 3-5-2, both teams. Can I just give you a big clue? When we do McCarthy games, there's always two players who you expect to definitely, definitely be there, and one of them isn't there. Okay. Cold excuse. Um, So... (laughs) Damn! (laughs) So, you may not have your normal go-to. Let me just count through these Villa players. He's not there. He's still there. He's still there. He's still there. He's not there. He's still 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 there. What you gonna do, brother? He's still there. Um, there's some fun Ipswich players in there as well. Amy, would you like to go first? 2017, um, February the 11th. But. But there we go. We're we're off and running. Joe Fairs. Emma Hughes. <laughs> Emma <Emir> Hughes. <laughs> he's he's stolen the easy one. Scored the winning goal. Set up beautifully by um, Amy. Chambers. Luke Chambers, who was absolutely brilliant in that game. Ridiculous performance. Um, Joe? Stephen Taylor. Yes, what a shout. So Stephen Taylor, Stephen Taylor, who I think, someone checked me on the numbers, was never um, never a losing player for Ipswich. I think he was like, involved in about three games and they didn't lose any of them. Um, Amy? Uh, Knudsen. Jonas Knudsen, who was moved in and we, I think we saw for the first time play at centre-half rather rather well as well, if I remember it. Joe, that's five you've got. Um, David McGoldrick. David McGoldrick did set up the winning goal. Um, I remember describing it on the pod. He looked lazy sometimes, but sometimes he goes into beast mode and you ain't stopping the dids monster. Um, Amy? Is that too early for Webster? Uh, remember, we are in the midst of an injury crisis here. I'll take that as a yes. Um, was Berra still there? Then? Oh, there we go. Christoph Berra, number seven. So, have you got the three centre halves? Berra, Taylor, Chambers, Nudson, you've also got them. But you're very defensive heavy here. Yeah. You've got Hughes. Come on, who was our best player that season? Greedy Guts. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've got him. Grant Ward. Grant Ward, very good. Uh, Amy? Well, I'm going to grab him before um, Joe gets him. Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence, what a player. Nine. 
Uh, good nine. Um, I, I, I don't know got, if he came on a sub. I know he played that day, but Jordan Spence. Jordan Spence came on a sub and played very well. Uh, this guy has already been mentioned in the transfer um, section of the show earlier at right wing back. <laughs> My memory is of arms. I'm out now. What for us? I'm terrible for names. For, Who did for we us? talk about yeah. earlier about transfers? Might have just been sent Emmanuel? back from Emmanuel. Josh Emmanuel. Oh. There we oh. go. Um, and probably his best performance um, in an Ipswich shirt, considering Skews wasn't there in centre midfield. Joe, Johnny Douglas. Ooh, two, 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 Marnie. Diagoraga. Um, right, Diagoraga. that's pretty good effort. That's ten of the Ipswich players. Come on, give me some, give me some Villa players. Shout them um, out. Albert Adoma. Used sub. <laughs> um, who's the Icelandic player that? Bjarnason, yes, good. Bjarnason, he had a shot. Lovely uh, hair, beautiful hair. Lovely hair. Lovely um, hair. Come on, you got to get the what you're gonna do, brother. Clue, aren't you? No. <laughs> who's the most famous wrestler ever? Don't Hulk say Hogan. Steve Austin. Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Oh, Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan. There we go. Let me uh, let, let me help you out with these. Uh, Johnston, Hutton, Chester, Elphick, Baker, Taylor, Hurahan, Lansbury, Bjarnason, Codger, Hogan, uh, Bakuna, Green, Adoma, Leeds, Subs. So that Ipswich team in a 3-5-2. Bart, Knudsen, Berra, Taylor, Chambers, Emmanuel, Diago, Raga, Hughes, Ward, Lawrence, McGoldrick. So weird. Two years ago, um, Josh Emmanuel in an away win at Villa Park two years ago not gone forward really speaking of Villa Park Amy we're going there next week um they've dropped down to 13th possibly drawing too many games but they do have the ridiculous um football manager level Tammy Abraham in the championship which is basically cheating isn't it I just don't think it matters who we play. We're not going to win it, are we? <laughs> so <Stop> it. <laughs> <laughs> they could they could have had all the players off with the flu, and we probably still won't have a chance now. New, new uh, Croat goalie, Karanic, slippy hands. Um, tickets, tickets still available in the club shop. Leak loads of goals. Yeah, there won't be forty thousand for that one. You're not holding out much hope, Amy. If Lambert goes out and buys Daryl Murphy, then my faith will be and renewed. Pablo Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Canalgo would do oh, me. <laughs> lovely. But story. um. Yeah, I really don't. I'm really sorry. Villa's not one of my favourite away days either. They have that really? awful pub that you have to you have to pay like a fiver to get into the pub, and then they oh. shove you outside with a load of heaters. And ugh, not a fan. Not going back there this year. <laughs> there you go, Joe. Villa away next week. Um, at the moment, I just think we don't have a hope. But come Saturday morning, I'll you see the team. Fun, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see the, I'll see the team on Diamond Saturday. And blind think, optimism. Come on. I think, oh, I think if if we can hold on here, we we got a decent side out there, and by by two fifty nine, I think we can win the game. But, but <laughs> by, by four fifty nine, I'll be back in my depression about Ipswich oh, Town. Dear. Yeah, it's um, Harry and Rich will give it the treatment, but. When you just look at the forward play, even without Grealish, you have McGinn, Hurahan, um, El Ghazi, Adoma, Codger, Balassi, Hogan, Abraham. Like, I'm just Balassi, reading names, like Joe. Don't give me that 70, look. 70, 80 grand a week, isn't it? I reckon their, their bench, their seven on the bench, probably six of them would walk into our team. On the bench, probably. Yeah, quite yeah. probably. There you go. Let's quote Harry from Bath. It's the Haves. And the haves not, but coming, I come on, Villa, big, big, big club, aren't they? Uh, February the 16th, we are closing in on 100 tickets sold for Blue Monday Live. Going to be really, really great. Um, I tell you what, this is the best thing about football fans. After we beat Rotherham 
last week. <laughs> sales, sales. <laughs> They'll want refunds now after the Blackburn game, won't they? But we're really, really looking forward to it. Richard's already on the um, screen stuff and the music and whatnot. So it's going to be a really great um, event. Um, the whole team is going to be there. Q&A at the end with everybody. Um, Stuart Watson and Andy Warren will be there. We'll do a little segment with them. They'll be involved in the Q&A. Um, there will be a Blue Monday quiz, as always, to stitch up all these people. Look at their faces as I tell them. Isn't it lovely? Um, we'll be playing two little ducks. The CV game's going to return. We'll have two games to review. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be glorious, isn't it? Um, so buy your tickets, eventbrite.co.uk. Amy, have you written anything lately we can read about that you can plug? No, I'm trying to actually earn money Lazy. at the moment, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't really be doing nice, fun things for Ipswich. But um, yeah, just, uh, I'm all, always, always up for a football chat, even at the moment. So it's Tractor Girl Amy Eight. At Tractor Girl Amy Eight, go and follow her, but don't spy on her with pliers because Leeds fans <laughs> will hate you. Um, Joe Fares, um, <laughs> plug the. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It always gets like this towards the end, doesn't it? Um, Joe, can you plug your um, academy Twitter and your normal feed? Yeah, just at Joe Fares and at ITFC underscore academy. <laughs> underscore. You can follow me at Benjamin Bloom. I will be at Villa Park next week with Ips Rich. Joy, he's going to love sitting with OCD me. That's going to be great. And also be at Barnet versus Brentford on Monday night in the FA Cup. I went there. I was quite charmed by you've charmed me. I said to Barnet as I went in there, went in their little hive stadium. The, so the bees on... versus the bees at the hive. Oh, is it? Of course it yeah. is. I love that, Joe. Why didn't I think of that? Very good. Strong, strong. Um, yeah, the bees versus the bees at the hive. So check out the YouTube channel. Um, all the normal stuff on that. I believe. David Diamond and Renegade Statman will be doing this week in ITFC history this week. And I think they're focusing on a specific decade, which knowing David Diamond is involved will undoubtedly be the 70s. So if you want a, um, a good bit of fun, they're a good bit of nostalgia. Check that out. The imperious Harry from Bath flanked by the, think of another word that's like imperious for rich. Incontinent. <laughs> you just picked the first one beginning with I that you heard of. The incredible... Ips Rich uh, will be back on Friday. Sorry, there were some technical difficulties with um, with YouTube, so we couldn't get that up as quickly as we wanted to this week. Uh, they will dissect Villa, and like Joe and Amy, you will be not very confident when we read from their <laughs> amazing squad. But hey, it's the hope that kills you. Say goodbye, Amy. Bye-bye, see you soon. Say well, it won't be soon, actually. It's ages for my next game, but <laughs> have a Say nice good- couple of months. See you at the live show. Say goodbye, yeah. Joe. See you later. Bye-bye, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. 
Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.